This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? You know, I'm doing. I'm doing. <laughs> doing. I'm okay. You, you, so, you know, you, you know when, when the people, you know, hear this, they hear this obviously in their real time. But, you know, I'm in the part of the country that's been experiencing all the, you know, the ice storms and the... And all the things, okay? So um, I'm really happy. Again, we've got sunshine again. It was up to 70 degrees the other day. So I didn't know what to do. I was beside myself. Hey. Beside myself. I didn't, hey. I didn't put on no shorts. I still had some sense. But but nevertheless. <laughs> Girl, we hit 50. I don't know how to act. I'm like, what? What's up? Summertime. <laughs> we, we, we are ready. We are ready. <laughs> and how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I am just so happy to be at this here table. I am so hyped because it is a Black Girl Magic interview episode. Cue the oh, card. Magical. Yo. Yo. Oh, yes. Yo. So look, we are starting off Truth Table Season 5 with a bang because we have Mayor Asia Brown at the table. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the table, Asia. How you doing, girl? I'm doing great, Ekamini. It's just wonderful <laughs> to be here with you both. Um, Christina, I've, I'm honored. I just look forward to being at the table today. Yes, oh. we are so glad to have you, y'all. Just in case y'all don't know who Mayor Asia Brown is, let me tell you a little something mm-hmm. about her. And then I'm going to tell you a little something else. Okay. <laughs> Mayor Asia Brown made history and quickly became a national trailblazer, elected at 31 as the youngest mayor to serve the city of Compton. She is an established leader, utilizing her expertise as an urban planner, economic developer, and community servant. She quickly became known for her pragmatic 12-point vision for Compton's revitalization strategy, deploying evidence-based initiatives and attracting record levels of private sector reinvestment to Compton. She is a strong and relentless leader in the movement for social and racial justice, lending critical support to actionable policy changes. Mayor Brown joined forces with mayoral leaders across the country who are committed to guaranteed income, leading the movement with the launch of the Compton Pledge, the largest city-based guaranteed income program in the country. Welcome to the table, Mayor Asia Brown. First of all, I just got to tell you a little secret. (laughs) Me and Asia go back. Back into time, okay? I've known Asia for... Come on, come, come on California girls. Come on, California girl. Yes, Callie is in the house, oh, okay? <laughs> Back in Pasadena yes. days, I've known... I mean, I, I was at her wedding, okay? I was yes. at her graduation, <laughs> All right, like so. I'm just letting you. I'm giving you some receipts here. All right, that's all. That's all. My real friend, friend. Yes, <laughs> for real. Like we're for real friends. Um, so, yes. anyways, I just want y'all to know who I'm connected to. Okay. Um, <laughs> so look, I just mayor. You know, I'm, I'm saying Asia. Asia. I can call her Asia. Um, 
talk to us about your faith journey. I, I know our sisters at the table would love to hear about how you came to faith. Yes. Well, first, I, I always knew that God was real. I remember being a little girl and just talking to him and him talking back. And I thought that everyone talked to God that way. Um, and my mother, she had her own um, story of just um, some church hurt and we didn't go to school. I'm excuse me, we didn't go to church when I was younger, but my mother always taught me to pray, have faith, to trust God, um, to do all that I can do, leave room for him. So um, as I got to college and I remember really praying to God to ask him to direct my steps. It was the first time that I was on my own. And I knew that uh, what I was studying, I was studying engineering. I just knew that it didn't ignite the passion that was inside of me. I knew God had more for me. So I prayed and um, he directed my steps to urban planning. Just literally, I opened this thousand page book and he led me right there. And um, that's how I got on that pathway. But as I was in school, I went through many trials and tribulations and I had to really just trust God. I remember um, getting into graduate school and not having the money for my tuition. And I just said, you know, Lord, I'm going to try you. Um, and I literally told him, I said, you know, you know what I need. You sent me on this faith right. journey. Um, and he literally had someone who I hadn't even talked with um, just contact me and ask me, can, can I help you? And I hadn't talked to this person in some years. And so wow. um, make a long story short, as I, I finished college, um, my husband and I got married and we weren't, we were saved, but we weren't mm -hmm. disciples. And so mm -hmm. God literally shook almost a year after we got married, he let us have the honeymoon period. And then he literally shook our marriage. Um, and he, I remember just being on my knees. And I just said, Lord, um, and it wasn't that, you know, something detrimental happened, but yes. my husband and I, we were best friends and we literally never really argued, but there were just such like big friction. And I just knew that God was calling me. And so I prayed um, and I remember being up all night and he just said, I want you to serve me. I, I share with you, I have great and mighty things and I'm going to need you to just yield your life to me. And so mm -hmm. um, my husband and I, we started going to church uh, faithfully and God was just pouring into us just rapidly and giving revelation and purging. And he literally redirected our paths. We thought that we were going to live in Pasadena where we had mm -hmm. uh, grew up. Where, our, where we were going to church and the Lord said, I didn't, I didn't call you guys to be here. Um, and it just, it was really powerful because we had literally put in three offers on homes. We were heavily involved in leadership in my church. And um, the Lord said, I, I didn't tell you to be here. And so we literally stopped looking for homes for about six months. And then a door opened and God, he literally told me, First, he told my husband when we were in college that we would be missionaries. And I was like, oh, man, I hope we can, you know, be at least worth some restrooms. And, you know, I thought missionaries, you'd be out <laughs> in the jungle. And um, <laughs> later, he later reminded me, he was like, you know, I'm going to send you all to um, to a, a new place. And he also shared with us that we would be apostles. So we wouldn't stay. We would just continue to move. And mm. He literally directed my path back to Compton. Um, my family's raised there. Um, my father's side still lives here. And we had um, obviously a, a difficult past. My grandmother was murdered here. And mm. my mother um, never had anything negative to say about Compton because she had a beautiful childhood and a beautiful mm. upbringing, but it was still just a sore part in my past. And so when we took this, the faith walk to come back here, um, that that was a difficult decision, but God literally, he ordered everything so quickly. A friend of mm. mine, she um, was going to a Bible study in Compton and my husband and I were looking for something closer because we were commuting just to go to Pasadena for a Bible study and make a long story short, we started 
coming to Bible study here. Then we were um, doing just mission work. We were here on Saturdays and during the week. Um, and then literally as we went on a fast, we knew God was moving us from where we were. We went on a fast. The third day of the fast, a friend of mine reached out and said, I know you aren't looking for homes in Compton, but I want you to look at this place. And mm. we drove into this new community. It was literally one block away from City Hall. It was one block um, away from the church that we were attending. And when I drove in, I just knew that that was it. The Holy Spirit said, this is your home. And so we put a, a down payment. Um, and then God literally changed my job. Three months later, I was recruited to come work in Compton. Um, and then we moved forward by faith and joined the church that we had only been to Bible study, never been to a service. Um, but we were just blown away by just the, the leadership teaching there. And the God, um, it's just been a, a long journey, but I can just say that God has continued to just manifest himself so mighty and powerful and strong yeah. um, in my life. So it's not that it was something that turned me to him. I always knew he was there, but he transferred from being just my savior to being my Lord oh, during Lord. this time. Amen. Asia, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, there were so many pieces in that pieces in that story um, that just shows um, just the intentionality of God, just the, Yes. Just the specific calling of your name, of of how he made you shape yeah. you, and just this path um, that you know that he has led you on, and just move things out the way, in the way. Yes. <laughs> um, so that is that that no doubt is going to be such an encouragement for many people to hear who often feel kind of aimless or pointless. That God is such an intentional and and careful. Um, God. And so I'm so, I'm so grateful for that intentionality in your life. You know, you talked about, um, you know, your husband saying to you, we're going to be, we're going to be missionaries. And uh, then you had your kind of your, your stereotypes beliefs <laughs> about whatever that meant. You were like, what are you, talk, what are you talking about? Um, but, but you, but you have been like taken on this, this journey um, into, into politics, which I might add is a bit of a jungle. So, so that might be the real jungle. That's so, so, so tell, tell us about what it means for you to, to be a, a woman of God, a woman of faith, a woman who is, who is, who's, who's trying to surrender your all uh, and being discipled by Christ um, and to be engaged engaging in, in politics right now? You know, I when God called me to politics, number one, it was not something I ever desired to do. It's not something I followed. I was not interested in politics whatsoever. Um, but God, he when he called me to, to this, this field of ministry, he shared with me throughout his word that, number one, politics was designed to be an honorable profession and that uh, those that are in leadership, they, they are called to be ministers. And so he told me, I, I created you to be a minister and I am sending you to this new spiritual battle where literally the principalities and the powers and the rules of darkness, they sit in high places. And so God sent me to affect change in the high places. And so that's when um, I, I really understood the, the full calling that he had for me in that. And so I literally, I didn't change not one bit. It was, he called me to be the light. He called me to be the salt. And so I came in and really, I believe, redefined what a, a mayor should be um, in this role just by walking um, in, in who God called me to be. So I never felt the pressure that I needed to change or succumb to the, the mm -hmm. confines of politics. I knew that he sent me to affect change and to create to, to really break the mold and to challenge um, those ideas and, and those actions and, and really those um, just demonic strategies that had nothing to do with people. It, it was all about, you know, a few people 
benefiting. And so every opportunity he gave me, I came in like SWAT team and I opened my mouth and I let God speak. And so Mm. I, I looked at it as I may only get one shot. And so he put me in high places and every opportunity, I just yielded myself to God and allowed the Holy Spirit to just have his way. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful. I mean, I just, I mean, girl, I never, I was like, I'll never forget. I remember I got some campaign like push or some initial email, you know, from you saying that you're running for mayor of Compton. I was like, wait, what? When, when, when this happened, you know, like it was just like when you were describing the story, it was like it really was like that. It was like mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. It was almost like the book of Mark, and immediately, you know, and then immediately it was just like yeah. all these things began to happen in your life in quick succession. And then it was like, my friend is the mayor of Compton. This is amazing. Like, this is happening. Like it happened as you were moving to Compton, and I was moving to Philly. It was like all of this change that was happening at that that same time. And and now you describing just some of um, you know, just just even some of the, the principalities, right? And uh, the wickedness even in high places, and you going in and doing exactly what God called you to do. I'm curious about um, what that looks looked like practically. What are some of the challenges that you face as the Mayor Compton, can you give our assistants at the table an example of like a challenge that you you um, faced as the mayor of Compton, um, and maybe your triumph over those challenges? Absolutely. Um, I remember as soon as I took office, the um, homicide rate had just spiked up, and the city. I came in with a forty three million dollar deficit. We didn't have any additional money to to hire you know any additional officers or to start any new programming. So. Um, I knew I I prayed to God and he told me that he was going to send me to the root of the problem. So I knew that Mm. he was going to connect me with um, gang members that were actually causing the the violence. And um, he gave me a strategy. I always ask God for his strategies. And he literally gave me a strategy to um, start a, a task force, but to bring all the law enforcement together, to bring community leaders together. Um, and then we intentionally started on uh, intervention. And then later we Actually, we started with prevention and then later we wanted to move into intervention. So prevention included starting youth programs, um, really focusing on how we can create a positive environment for young people. And then later, um, after I was able to establish some key relationships, God literally connected me with people that were just very influential. And then I challenged them. I asked them to really use their influence to bring um, gang members to the table so that we can discuss the violence and to figure out how we could devise a strategy that we can stop it together. And so about a year later, um, it was just pressed on me that the time was then. And so I challenged them to bring the men together. And we all assembled on a Sunday in our community center. And we had over a hundred people come in. Um, there are men and women and they just came in slowly. And I remember just feeling the tension. Um, and anytime you're doing something for God, there's always um, someone on assignment to, to try to destroy it. And so I was... Mm-hmm on a heightened awareness, just waiting to see, you know, who, who was sent to try to destroy this. And so we were able to see um, who came in to, to bring chaos. We removed them. Um, and then I had everyone bring um, a, just a chair. We, we sat in a circle and I just started to ask them, um, you know, what did you want? What, what do you want for your children? And we literally, I saw grown men break down crying. They hadn't seen each other. Some some men hadn't seen each other in 20, 30 years because literally they they are bound by these neighborhoods, these invisible barriers. And 
um, the, the healing process just started where people were, were willing to be honest. Um, and we start, we, we discussed what we could do together. And I, I challenged them. I said, you know, if you all could stop violence, then we could really bring in more economic development to create jobs for you. Because the, the biggest thing they said was they, they couldn't access employment because of their background or other issues. They needed expungement. And so we created expungement programs. Um, we created job training programs, uh, life skills, leadership development, and really worked hands on. But we literally, it took a, a lot of hard work meeting. Uh, we started out meeting twice a week. Then we later went to once a week. But um, it was really about trying to find common ground and, and really finding an understanding. But that was something where you know, I didn't have a budget at first. Later, we were able to write a grant and then um, start a pilot program and it later continued to evolve. But that was something where if, if I use man's wisdom, it would be, well, figure out how you can hire more officers. But more officers don't make your community safe because mm-hmm. obviously they're they're reactionary. And so yes. um God will continue to just provide uh, his his unusual solutions um, to solve problems. And our crime rate was the lowest it had been in over 30 years. Um, We literally were able to bring in Fortune 500 companies into the city that saw the city's uh, forward trajectory and invested. Um, We were able to create job opportunities for those same former gang members. Some of them have bought homes and have just continued to work in these new fields with these new skills. And we were able to just see just redemption and restoration. And I know that that's what um, really we're called to do in, in these offices. Wow, that is so beautifully redemptive. Thank you so much for that, um, Asia. Well, I'm going to pause right here so we can take a quick commercial break. But don't y'all go anywhere. We will be right back. Embracing your Black identity does not make you less Christian. Throughout American history, Black people were not given the freedom to acknowledge their suffering. Author A.D. Thomason believes that the Holy Spirit brings freedom and liberation as we are able to name our pain, recognize its roots in history and society, and seek healing. In his new book, Permission to be Black, My Journey with Jay-Z and Jesus from IVP, A.D. shares his story of healing from past wounds and uses his artistry as a poet and storyteller to confess his internalized pain and embrace the liberating joy of Christ. He writes for millennials, emerging adults, and anyone else who is ready to acknowledge the reality of racial trauma and our need to confront it. AD's powerful story gives you permission to be Black, to be Christian, and to be the person God made you to be. Truth Table listeners can save 40% off of permission to be Black when they order at ivypress.com using promo code truth 2 one. That's truth to one. Offer expires on April 30th. Once again, use promo code truth to one at ivypress.com to save 40% off of permission to be black. My journey with Jay-Z and Jesus by A.D. Thomason. E, you know, what's one good thing about Facebook? What? Cause you know, I don't fool with Facebook like that. Well, you know what you can find on Facebook. You can find Truth Table Black Women's Discipleship Group. Oh, that's right. That is one good thing about (laughs) Facebook. Absolutely. Look, sisters, we have started the Truth Table Black Women's Facebook Discipleship Group. So all you got to do is go to Facebook.com slash Truth Table, like our page. Yes, yes, yes. Go to our group and join 
you gotta answer three questions. Come one on. of them, one of them questions is, are you a black woman? Come, Come on, on y'all. Decency Come on. and order. We made it very Decency easy. Decency and order now. Decency and order. <laughs> answer those three questions and then agree to the rules. That's all. And then you get admitted into the discipleship group. And we are going to have a good time in that group, growing in the Lord and getting to know each other. So join us today, Facebook.com slash truth table. We're back, everyone, at the table with Mayor Asia Brown, and it has been already a, just a whole blessing um, to just listen to these testimonies of just God at work, uh, giving her giving her wisdom, giving her strategy, um, and just really really learning um, learning from her. And you know, I, earlier Asia, when you were were telling kind of a, a bit of your story, you you mentioned offhand about your your own grandmother's death. Mm-hmm. And then I just heard you lift up this story about how God used you to 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 stop so many acts of violence within your own community. And I I can't help <laughs> I can't help but be amazed um, that someone who would know a thing or two about about loss about about how violence grips and changes families is now being uh, you know a, a, appointed and anointed to to stop violence are, are there moments where you where you reflect on that that you in some way how, how God is is having you to um, even redeem experiences within your own your own story within your own family yes I, I think about it often because mm-hmm. growing up um, Compton was so bittersweet for my family when I think about my mother I think about my uncle which my my grandmother was his big sister that helped bring him from Texas out here. And he was able mm. to start a family and businesses and thrive. And my grandmother was just such a cornerstone for my family. And so her loss was just always so tender. And growing up, we didn't talk about her often because it my, my family would just start crying immediately. So mm. um, it was really difficult. And even when God sent me back here, um, just my mother's just natural reaction. You know, she had already lost something so great here and she didn't want to lose anything else again. And, um, but I, I told her, I said, I know God is sending me to do this and I have to do it, but it, the Lord literally made beauty from ashes and, you know, my family, they're able to come back into the city and, and it means something different to them now. And I know that without the loss of my grandmother, that I wouldn't have the compassion. I wouldn't have the understanding that I have that people, mm-hmm are going through um, in order to, to really reach them and to serve and to really operate in the level of, of dignity for my community. So I know that my grandmother's loss was unfortunately a, a part of God's design, but the, the Lord is about sacrifices. We're all living sacrifices. So I'm just grateful that he was able to um, use my life to really um, bring some redemption to my own family and to bring healing and some hope. So um, I can just see that the, the sovereign hand of God and everything. It's it's beautiful. It's really remarkable <laughs> to hear. That's, that that was uh, you know that was such a hard and mature word <laughs> that you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, it it takes the spirit of God to give us that type of mature to still acknowledge the pain, the suffering, the sadness. Wouldn't want it to be that way, right. but also to yeah. surrender over. Um, to the God of the resurrection that you are going to give us beauty for ashes and, and that, and that sacrifices and things that we don't understand are sometimes a part of the story. Um, but the story has this divine ending. I just, I just wanted to pause on that 
Um, because I think people who are listening, and I know even my own life, there are just these things where I'm like, what are you going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with this? Um, but that is just such just a, such a mature and hopeful, hopeful word that you've lifted up for us. Go for it, e. It is. And, you know, and sometimes, oftentimes, sometimes we don't get to see that redemptive, you know, thread on this side. Right. Sometimes we got to wait for the sweet by and by. And of course, we're still going to see like, oh, God, this is what you were doing. Um, but God is so merciful and kind to to give you that, um, you know, and, and, and just to uh, pour that into you and into your family. Uh, and just the generational impact for what that means for your daughter, you know, and, and just, you know, your posterity. I just it's a beautiful, beautiful um, story. And I'm just I, I thank you for um, letting us hold that, you know, and enter into that uh, narrative with you, because, um, you know, that's not something that you can you just share with just anybody. So I, I, I truly honor that and appreciate that. Um, you know, when you're talking about um, redemptive endings, you know, uh, we are keenly aware that you are coming to the close of your administration um, <laughs> as the mayor of Compton. I'm like, already? Um, oh, and uh, I'm curious about uh, what what does that mean for you to close out your time um, as the mayor of Compton? What, what are the, what does that look like for you? What are the, what are the plans? What are your hopes for Compton as you pass the baton uh, per se? You know, I'm just so, I'm so grateful for just the opportunity to serve and to have been a part of what God was doing here in Compton. And it's just been such a a beautiful struggle. And (laughs) I've seen um, the Lord just bring new life, um, new hope, um, activate just a whole new generation of young leaders that are serving and and fighting and really uplifting the community. And so I've I've just seen a a beautiful just remnant um, emerge. And so I know that they'll continue on uh, with the path that mm-hmm. God set. The Lord always says one person plants a seed, another waters, and he gets mm-hmm. the increase. So I knew that this was never my assignment to be here from start to finish, um, but it was to really establish um, my, my particular assignment was to break up follow ground and to be able to um, really plant new seeds and establish a firm foundation and for God's vision to go forward because the his vision is so powerful when you think about um, just he formed this whole world with his words and mm-hmm. it was able to to be manifest because because of the power of his words and we're made in his image. And so mm-hmm. the things that God envisioned for Compton, they literally have come to pass. And um, the city has literally shifted its trajectory um, and the Lord has sent resources from every direction. And it's just a beautiful time. So I'm excited to to hand the baton over to um, the Joshua that will come forward and That's just right. really um, experience uh, just all that God has for Compton. And for me at this, at this stage, um, he always told me I would only serve two terms. When I ran mm-hmm. the first time I shared with people, I can commit to, to being here for two terms. So I didn't want people to feel okay. like I would be here forever. Right. Um, and I've always continued to keep that at the forefront, that the, the seat did not belong to me. It really belongs to the people. Um, and that God, he would continue to send his leaders. Because Compton is really, it's such a special place. It was built on Jesus. He sent settlers mm. from Stockton all the way down to Compton. Um, and they they were a Methodist colony. The, the first structure was a church. Um, and he literally shared with me, even before I ever took this seat, that he would use Compton as a beautiful redemption story in, in the same way that 
he said that the people thought could any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's, that's how mm-hmm. people feel about Compton. And that's so, it. and even the, the thought of that people have about our city has already transformed. It's just going to continue to, to grow from there. But at this stage, um, my next assignment is to really focus on uh, building just generational wealth and expanding businesses and, and providing mm-hmm. access to capital um, and to really growing um, our community because there, there's only one way to combat poverty and that's with the infusion of wealth. And mm-hmm. poverty has really been um, the the proliferation of poverty has really permeated in so many very real and tangible ways. When we think about violence, it's always linked back to poverty and lack yes. and the breakdown of family structures. And that even goes back further to uh, systemic racism and Absolutely. intentional disenfranchisement and all of these things. So um, the Lord is calling me at this stage to really focus on the building side of it. There's only so much I can do as mayor. And so he's releasing me to really go out into the marketplace to, to really bring wealth back to my community in a very intentional way. Ooh, okay. I love that. See, you already anticipated. <laughs> go, go ahead. See, go ahead. <laughs> I, I know. Well, look, I'm telling you what, I, I, I love these, uh, these chapters in your story, Asia, like these, these, like this chapter, that <laughs> next chapter. And I'm like, yes, chapter, chapter seven says, you know, yeah. um, and I love it. It just reminds us that, you know, we're called to do to do good work where we are for the time that we are called to that place. And then we move on. And um, I think there is something about knowing that knowing how long your season is, Mm -hmm. God shares that with you in advance, you know, this is a two year journey and it doesn't surprise me that you have been uh, so efficient, so serious, uh, so, um, so strategic because you didn't have time to waste. Like you had an appointed time to get it yes. done. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And so I'm just, I'm so encouraged by, by uh, how you have used the time that God has, has uh, given you. And I, and I actually, I'm inspired. I'm like, let me go make some good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me make good use of my time. Well, so, you know, how, how could, how can we specifically, um, one, I want to know how to specifically pray for you. But I'm also thinking, and, and Kimberly knows this. I'm always thinking about the the college students, graduate students, law students, you know, people who are who are listening, who, who follow Truth's Table right now, who are who are watching you, who are listening to this, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, it's her! That is who I've been waiting for. <laughs> that is who I've been waiting for to show me uh, what's next for me or what I can be, and what 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 it, what you know, hard won wisdom." <laughs> Would would you share, particularly uh, for young women, but also the, the the men who are at the table too? Uh, how would you encourage them? Those who are thinking, I, I want to serve, and I want to serve in politics with the type of in, in integrity and commitment yeah. that I'm that I'm seeing modeled right now. What what wisdom would you give them? I would um, really implore people to take the time to get a strong foundation in God. Um, That's right. You you have to be rooted and grounded, and His understanding um, his timing um, is so critical. I remember when God was preparing me for this journey, he, I literally, number one, I, I felt, I knew I would encounter resistance because I was a woman. And I said, Lord, why, why can't you just send a man? It will be easier. And I can just work in the background. And he's like, no, no, no. Uh, I sent, <laughs> I called Deborah, I sent Esther. Um, and he literally had me to study these women. And one of the things that really stood out to me about Deborah was 
she was a discerner of time and she really understood seasons and she was so mm-hmm. wise. And so mm-hmm. I would ask people, I would implore people to really seek God's wisdom, his timing, his understanding, and to not desire things that he doesn't have for us because people think yeah. politics is so glamorous and it's not, I, I've never served as much and sacrificed as much as I have in the last eight years. I mean, time with my family, just doing things personally, financially. I mean, this literally has been nothing but service for me. And so I would just implore people to not desire what they think is power, but to really figure out what God has for them, um, because we all are called to do something so powerful and unique in the earth realm. And when I think about I wouldn't care what office or what assignment God gave me, but there's no greater fulfillment than operating in your God-given purpose to actually do the thing that you were designed to do. And that's where the success comes from. That's where the, the provision and the influence on that, that's where that's where that comes from, that obedience. And so I just I would ask that people just yield, yield to the God of heaven, yield to the great I am, because the Lord, He He is alive and living, and we are still living in the last days. Um the, these plagues and different things, they're, they're not by accident. I mean, I, you could go to Jude and read about all the things that pe- people, that, that's where we are. People are literally just forgetting about God. And so before we go seek position, don't forget to seek the one who has the power to give, to give all. He can provide wealth. He can provide influence. So that, that's essential because if I didn't have Jesus, I would not be standing here. I just wouldn't because I have been through battle and after tribulation and attacks and all these things. And, and I'm telling you, you cannot stand without him. So be careful what you're asking for and make sure that it's, it's not something that you want because you think you want it. Mm-hmm. You, you really need to yield to God and see what he wants you to do because there, there's nothing like just walking in your purpose. Nothing yeah. like it. Yeah. So seek, seeking after righteousness and not seeking after power. Yes. First kingdom. That's it. And all um, that all it will all be added unto you. Yeah, yeah my goodness, you preached a word right there, Asia. I mean, a word. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, can you you know what you mentioned the sacrifice? Okay, that's that was required of you for these eight years. Um, and you know, black women, we got we do a lot. <laughs> we got a lot on our plate. Um, and I'm curious as one who, you know, is the mayor of Compton. How did you or were you able uh, to care for yourself? What did self-care look like for you? What did carving out time for your family look like? Um, yeah, was that a struggle or or did you, were you able uh, to be able to, to make that time um, in your schedule? Can you talk to our sisters about how they can do that and what that looked like for you? Yeah, for, for sure. For me, um, my, my time came early in the morning, um, being willing to, to wake up early to just have that time to make sure I can get to the throne, make sure I can, you know, get some exercise. I I had a treadmill at home, so I would hop on my treadmill or elliptical um, when I couldn't get to the gym. And at this stage of my life, I really enjoy being outdoors. So like this morning, I got up early before my daughter got up and went around the block a few times and um, incorporated her into the final part of my workout um, as she wanted to to get involved. So you just have to make time. But um, I I can't implore enough to just carve out 20, 30 minutes for yourself to just exercise your body and clear your mind. I, I enjoy that time because that's when God really would speak to me is when I was exercising because I was just, Mm -hmm. you know, really still. 
and focus. So um, make, make that time for yourself because the, mm-hmm. the, the world is going to continue on. You, they, people will always have demands of you. And if you are broken down, if you are um, not well, um, you just, there's just nothing that you can do for anybody else. So I, mm-hmm. I've learned that from, you know, going so hard until I hit a brick wall where I got sick. Um, it almost got to even carving out time to exercise, I would still almost once a year get sick around the holidays because that's when my body knew that I was going to shut down. So mm. I learned even from that to just take time. I mean, every everything will still be there um, when you get back online. Okay. So each day has enough trouble of its own. It's going- it does. <laughs> one day at a time. That, yes. One day at a time. One moment at a time. Sometimes, sometimes just one moment. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) One moment, and there's enough grace, right? Uh, In in those moments, God is gracious to us uh, to provide us those moments of just grace. Um, So it's time for us to transition to the hardest part. Okay, (laughs) of the Black Girl (laughs) Magic. Hardest part. It is time for forced fun. Okay. <laughs> this is when we ask the questions that folks be struggling with. Okay. And I'm going I'm going <laughs> to start with my favorite one. Okay. It's one got to okay. go. One got to oh, go. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> one got to go. All right. Are you ready? I am. Okay. I like that pause. She took a pause. And so <laughs> All right. One got to go. Whitney, Shaka, Aretha, Anita. One got to go. That's so hard. Um, You know, I'm going to say Whitney because she's already gone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say Whitney. But... (laughs) It's hard. I, I can't speak on people that are still living. Um, they, and they're all so powerful and influential. Um, so yes, that that's my final answer. But that's that's my answer. But she said she said what she said. She said what I said. That may have been one of our fastest rip off the band aid answers. Like look. It's over. Right. It's over. It is what it is. It's all hard. It's, it's, over. Over. it's over. You shouldn't be asking this question to begin with. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So, Asia, here's my question to you. And you know, I'm a, I, uh, Michelle and I both are, are, are you know, Marvel's sci-fi okay. fan people. And so, and so my question to you is if you, if you had a superpower, you might even have one we don't even know about, but if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, definitely to see the future. Um, yes, that, that's, that's something that's essential. I think. Yes. And y'all have superpowers. We, we are, we have prophetic gifts, um, that they are there to, to build up, to avoid, um, a lot of chaos and, and, uh, defeat. Um, they're really to build up. So definitely that would be my superpower. Awesome. awesome. I like it. I like it. Um, last question. Okay. If we were to hop into your car with our masks, because we're in a panty. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be sitting in the back. Because we're, <laughs> we're in a par- parallelogram. That's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> we have on our masks. We sit in the back seat, you know, social distance. Okay. What will we hear playing in your car right now? What is Asia listening to right now? 
You know, I actually am a, a playlist creator on Spotify, so um, I have different different lists for different moods, but um, I have a, a chill mix with just a combination of just jazz that I like. Um, Mansoor Brown, um, I love Robert Glasper. Um, yes. Some of my um, favorite kind of worship music right now is Maverick City. Um, I think okay. they're just really powerful. I love uh, Sarah Jeters as well. Um, she has a, an awesome um, EP that I love. Um, but yeah, I like a variety of music. Nice, nice. I love it. She's like, I'm a playlist maker. I was like, go ahead, girl. Yes. <laughs> playlist <laughs> <maker>. <laughs> I'm a DJ. I, love you. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm the family DJ that people know. Okay. <laughs> Your people know. Your people know. We, we know who makes the potato salad. We, we know. We know who got the playlist. There is who you are. Adrian is a woman of many ta- talents. Okay. DJ, come on. Come on. Yes. So I know that's. Awesome. 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 So no, thank you so much, Asia, for playing our first fun segment. Okay. So uh, talk to, this is your time. Talk to our sisters at the table. Tell them how they can follow you. Tell them what you got going on next, whatever projects you want them to know about and follow uh, um, um, and just keep up with. Let them know. This is your time to talk to the sisters at the table. Yes, well, you can follow me on um, social media, Instagram and Twitter at Asia L. Brown. Um, my Facebook is Mayor Asia Brown, but I'll be changing that soon. Um, I have a website, it's just asiabrown.com um, that we are um, updating for my next chapter, but that's where you can find me. Yes, awesome. Now, Asia, do you have a book in the works? Because you got a story, girl. You got a story to tell. I mean, clearly. I do. I, do. I have a, a book um, under work about my leadership journey um, and just about yeah. just God's sovereign hand. Yes. And um, I also have a, a kid's book for um, young ladies. Yeah, that I made for my daughter. So, oh, so exciting! Yes, that's wonderful. Okay, we cannot wait for those books to come out into the world. Well, of course, we want to thank thank you so much for joining us at the table, Asia. I mean, it truly it was an honor, and we were blessed by your testimony and your sermons. Okay, because you preached (laughs) a couple words, multi layered sermons. Thank you, sisters. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Um, and I just love uh, the work that you've done and the platform you've created for us by us so it's beautiful oh praise the lord well thank you and of course we want to thank our sisters for taking a seat at the table with us this week let's keep the conversation going tweet us your thoughts about black girl magic interview with mayor asia brown using the hashtag truth's table um now black women did y'all know that we have a facebook black women's discipleship group we do. So make sure to follow Truth Table on Facebook and join our Facebook group today. Invite your homegirls to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Truth Table or email us your thought at, at, at AskTruthTable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truthstable. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.